Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for the sensitive soul looking to reclaim their power and reconnect to their magic through remembering how to trust their bodies, align with nature and cosmic flow, leverage their subtle energies, and transmute trauma and pain into gifts and purpose. Get ready to dive into all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. I'm your host, Devin. And with me, as always, is my co-host and podcast producer, Mike. On today's show, episode 27, we're getting into the specifics of what it really means to be a sensitive, intuitive, empathic person, especially in today's world, and how this is actually your superpower. So let's dive in. Let's go. Let's start by defining some things. Like, what does it really mean to be sensitive? Words like sensitive, intuitive, and empath, as well as many others, are gaining in popularity, and rightfully so. This small segment of the population possesses many magical attributes that are needed nowadays more than ever. At this time, I believe we're currently seeing the resurrection and rise of the archetypal healer, teacher, magician, prophetess, goddess, priestess. At the core of these much-needed energetic archetypes is a sensitive, intuitive, empathic soul with a big mission. And I refer to all of these different subcategories simply as sensitive. Unfortunately, in today's world, while these people are incredibly needed, they're also simultaneously shunned and misunderstood. As we transition from a very linear, hyperactive, disconnected way of being, we are coming into a more grounded, reverent, and unified way. The sensitive holds the magic sauce to ensure this shift happens before it's too late, and I don't mean to sound like a downer, but we really are indeed in a very interesting time in human history. A sensitive person differs from simply having the quality of sensitivity or empathy. So those are qualities that humans possess, and humans at their core, in my opinion, are inherently loving and good and possess qualities of empathy and compassion and sensitivity. However, a sensitive person goes beyond simply possessing those characteristics, those qualities. A sensitive person's entire system on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, energetic, is made up very differently than the average person's. Yeah, I definitely agree that we're living in uh, interesting times. There's a lot changing in the way things are talked about. Like, uh, I mean, back when I was a kid, I never heard sensitivity spoken of as a virtue. Um, In fact, I have like a really clear example um, have a memory of this principal in elementary school. I was in the second grade and the principal was telling me that I was being too sensitive. And I literally just blurted it back to her, just the words like too sensitive. Like as a kid, I was aware of the fact that, okay, I'm sensing that you're not listening to what I'm trying to tell you. And I'm sensing it's because I'm a child and you're not going to take me seriously. And like, which part of that is my fault? You know, like, how is it my fault for sensing that you have your head up your ass? And I think the thing that like messed me up so much about it and why, like, I'm not going to lie, I'm still a little messed up about it is that my reply was taken as a confirmation of my hypersensitivity. So back then, sensitivity was like a no win because if you don't like being called too sensitive, then it just proves that you're too sensitive. (laughs) Yes. 
I love this. And you bring up such an important point around the shame that so many sensitives hold. Um, We carry more than most because we see and feel and sense more than most. Much of what we hold is shame. Shame around how we are, shame around not being how we should be, and shame that's really not ours. It's, It's a lot. It's a lot of shame. So where does sensitivity come from? What are the roots of sensitivity? There are many reasons why someone is a sensitive person. However, most of the time it stems from early life trauma. Our heightened sensory abilities innate to each human were hyper aroused from a young age and therefore developed more keenly. We learned how to walk on eggshells, for example. We learned to sense which version of our caretaker we'd get that day based on little shifts or sounds in the environment and and so on and so forth. We were really hyper alert, really relying on those senses for survival purposes, really. However, these abilities, the gifts of sensitivity, are meant to be used for creative, healing, magic-making purposes. The sensitive aspect of us is most connected to our inner child. And please listen to episode 26 for more on the inner child and how to access her. When our sensitive abilities are constantly geared towards survival and we're kept in a state of fight or flight, our full potential never reveals itself. That's so important to remember and like just just feel the the weight of this of this truth. When our sensitive abilities, so those those abilities that that we possess that are innate to all humans, but especially in the highly sensitive person, when these sensitivities are geared towards survival, and we're always in this state of fight, flight, or freeze, and and kind of judging and, and sizing up our environment and looking for the next threat, our full potential never reveals itself, ever. This is why I am so passionate about this work and about empowering sensitive souls to thrive. If you would like to learn more about the roots of sensitivity and what it means to be a sensitive person, I really invite you to purchase the replay of the first session of my Thrive series and just go ahead and get yourself involved for the rest of the series. Just a little shameless plug of that of that series right there for you guys. So those are kind of the roots and there's so much more there and that could be a whole other episode in and of itself. And really that, that first session of Thrive, we dove very deeply into that. So we've defined it, we've looked at the roots. Now, what does it mean to be sensitive? How do you know? What are some ways to tell that like, yeah, actually, I feel like this totally applies to me. And I remember years back when I first started exploring these different these different concepts and had the the term, you know, highly sensitive person, intuitive empath, these different things brought to my awareness, it was truly like a homecoming. It wasn't like I was really learning anything about myself. It was, it felt more like validation, like, oh my goodness, there is a whole other group, albeit small, of people out there who, who get me. They're just like me. So what are some ways to tell if you're sensitive? And, you know, before I get into that, if you've ever been shamed for your emotions, if you've ever been projected upon for speaking truth and addressing elephants in the room and seeing things that others don't want to address or hearing what others aren't really saying, but what they are saying, you know, kind of reading between the lines. Or if you have a deep well of love and compassion in your heart that longs to be expressed, like you're probably in this category. All right. This is the very introverted, often called shy, highly creative, very sensorial, very 
perceptive group of people. And if you'd like some specifics, I'm going to share some with you. So here we go. Here's a very small list. I could go on forever, but for the sake of... <laughs> right, for the sake of a podcast. For the sake of a podcast. And like I said, any one of these things could just be whole other topics in and of themselves. But here's a small list of ways to tell if you're sensitive. And most of these come from my own embodied experiences as well as working with my clients. So here we go. A sensitive person feels drained and overwhelmed in crowds, loud environments, and very stimulating situations. So we know those people that thrive in those kind of situations. They really don't like being alone. Their idea of a relaxing weekend is like going to the, you know, multi-day music festivals or like being in Costco's or malls. Um, The highly sensitive person does not feel that way. It's kind of the opposite. A sensitive person is often quite intolerant of stimulants such as caffeine, sugar, nicotine, and the like. However, a little caveat to that, you're sensitive to these things, pretty intolerant, but will still reach for them because there's this weird kind of grounding that almost takes place because of that intolerance and the way that it kind of jacks up the nervous system. It almost provides this like, oh, I am here. I can feel this even though it's really uncomfortable and I don't like the way I feel, it kind of has this weird, sick grounding thing. So when we're not in right relationship with our sensitivity and with our physical body, we'll turn to these things, even though they don't agree with us and as a way to ground. And a little personal side note, I used to be many moons ago, and I'm so open about my past and my, my rowdy past. Uh, but back in the day, I was, I was a heavy smoker. And the funny thing was, I, I hated it. I really did not enjoy smoking. And I remember being made fun of by friends. They'd be like, why, like, why are you smoking then? And, you know, years later after I had quit and really um, deepened into my, my journey with plants and plant teachers and plant medicine, learned more about the great teacher of tobacco. And tobacco is one of the master plant teachers and is very incredibly grounding and is used in ceremony and ritual as a, as a way to ground. So it was almost an attempt to self-medicate. A sensitive person is incredibly creative and feels deeply connected to artful expressions. So you will find yourself moved very deeply to different different, um, forms of the arts. And again, when not in right relationship, your own inner creative muse feels like she's non-existent. So there might be some stagnancy and creative constipation. Nothing's really flowing. A sensitive person can read another like a book and pick up on the subtlest cues about their current state. So that's like what I was saying earlier with sensing and seeing everything and what's really kind of happening behind the scenes and between the lines on a very subtle energetic level. Kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, just like how I said, reading another like a book. That pretty much sums it up. A sensitive person often feels quite spiritual and more comfortable in the liminal or other worlds as opposed to the physical earthly one. A sensitive person often struggles with anxiety and physical health challenges such as autoimmune disorders, hormonal imbalances, digestive disturbances, and a lot of those kind of diseases that nowadays you know we don't really understand is kind of like the ones that are diagnosed by exclusion and uh, often involved a lot of those mystery symptoms and physical pain and discomfort. So things like, you know, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia fit into that. And I have a lot 
of material on my my blog about that because so much of that comes from poor energetic boundaries and this this constant drain of energy on the system because as a as a sensitive person being highly sensorial you are receiving so much information at all times all times you are constantly receiving and that's a lot of burden and drain on the system because all of that has to be digested and processed and moved and when we're resisting this part of ourselves and when we don't have the outlets when we don't have the tools and the resources to to cope and to engage not only in you know just regular life but also the deeper experiences of regular life that we're having it takes a tremendous toll on the system plus whatever trauma is there that might have triggered the the sensitivity that i mentioned is also still in the system still being an energetic leech so all of this vital life force energy that is meant to keep the body healthy and vital and functioning is being grossly misused and so then we see a lot of these different health issues pop up. A sensitive person feels incredibly deeply and finds themselves getting very involved in situations outside of themselves due to weak boundaries. A sensitive person often feels overwhelmed by many stimuli happening simultaneously, like a gathering of people conversing while simultaneously watching TV and listening to music is their idea of hell. <laughs> and that was always something in my house as a little girl. Like, like that exact example took place almost daily and it was just so maddening and nobody else understood. And I would get shamed for it a lot. And yeah, I'm wondering if anyone else can relate. I'm really curious how everyone's relating to the ones I've listed so far. So you have to share with me. And I'm curious about your own little additions. So, all right, a few more for you. A sensitive person can feel impacted by others' moods. A sensitive person has heightened sensory perceptions, meaning that some or all of their physical senses are picking up signals and cues more frequently. And this really ties in also to how our intuition may speak with, to us. So we all will typically have a sense that is more sensitive than another. And so whatever that is for you, you may notice that's when, when you start to feel overstimulated, that one will start to feel the most uh, challenged, the most uh, pissed off the one that, that is bringing more angst to you. For me, it's my sense of, of hearing. I hear everything. And I actually have these little like protective earmuffs that I wear a lot around the house. And they're like pretty hardcore, you know, ones like for being out. Range. Yeah, yeah, like being out on a, on a shooting range. And We don't own guns, but we do <laughs> sit in our office with hearing protection on. Exactly. We don't own any guns, yet I, I have these like shooting range ear protecting things and whenever anyone sees Devin with those on they know to just kind of leave her alone right. and let her recharge and digest a sensitive person feels things emotions energies weather changes arrangements of items in a room emfs from from electronics etc and they feel them so deeply that they have visceral reactions so you may notice if you are around certain people and their energies are just maybe really strong or um, really heavy that you will have a physical reaction or being around a lot of electronics and those EMFs that are in the field, electromagnetic frequencies, um, that you will also have a physical reaction. And lastly, but certainly not the end, a sensitive person cannot consume certain types of media because the imprints from these will also create unfavorable conditions in their system. So, for example, violent images may stick with them for days or appear in dreams. 
So certain types of media just really are kind of no-go. And the most interesting thing I have found about coming into a deeper relationship with my own sensitivity is that as I, as I stabilize my nervous system more and I come into deeper levels of self-love and compassion and acceptance and really curiosity about myself and about these abilities and how to use them as they're intended to be used, I notice more ways that it shows up. And Mike and I were actually talking about this yesterday. It's like, as I'm getting older, am I just getting more sensitive? And he had a great counterpoint that was like, I know you've always been this sensitive. You have just systematically and and lovingly peeled away different different numbing agents over the years so that they're able to reveal themselves to you more fully. And you will notice that as well in your own journey. And sometimes it can feel a little bit, um, maybe a little disheartening because it's like, oh my goodness, why can't I do... X, Y, and Z anymore. I used to be able to all the time. It's like, yeah, well, what were you doing back then that allowed X, Y, and Z to feel a little bit more tolerable? And if you really look back at X, Y, and Z in those times, you'll probably notice that you really weren't as um, enjoying of them as perhaps your over-romanticizing memory of it may have you believe. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, thanks for bringing up that conversation we had the other day. And I think you... um touched on it as well earlier when you were saying how being in a room with a TV on and multiple people having conversations all at the same time uh, and as a kid that was not a comfortable experience for you so obviously it's not as we get older oh what's happening am I just getting old because I think that if somebody as we mature and we experience these things more deeply we might try to resist that sensitivity because we feel it's evidence of our mortality like oh i'm more sensitive because i'm getting old i don't want to get old therefore i will deny my sensitivity when if we think about it going back to kids we probably as kids didn't even enjoy those things you know and different strokes for different folks maybe there are people who really do enjoy those things but if we see that as a kid uh we enjoyed really simple things like being outside and playing with the dirt and the bugs i'm kind of curious about your pink headphones because i your, your earmuffs it fascinates me whenever uh people start making choices that support their health or their happiness. You know, it's like one thing to slowly gain an awareness of this. But um, yeah, so I want to ask you a few questions about your your earmuffs because they're very <laughs> conspicuous. Like they are awesome. They're hardcore. Well, yeah, and I, I don't like leave the house with them on. Right. It's only when I'm at home. Sure. And uh, I'm just wondering like when... Although maybe uh, I should start. I mean, maybe, you know. So I'm curious as to how you felt when you made the decision to get those. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I felt simultaneously excited and relieved and also a little bit of that old shame popped up as well. Like, what's wrong with you that you require earmuffs right. in your own home for silence? Yeah. Why can't you just tolerate sound? And it's not like, okay, maybe we're making it sound like we live in like some crazy... Oh, no. We live know, in like... We live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We live in, in the, the middle, middle of... Piney woods. Right. We live in the middle of the woods. Um, We are like the only people that we will see. Yeah, can't for, even see the neighbors. Yeah, can't see anything. We see more animals than people yeah. on a daily basis. I mean, just this morning, we've already seen our little wild boar friends running through 
faux pasture in the woods in front of our house. So it's not like, you know, we're having parties or Mike's like practicing his heavy metal skills. It's just because that sense of mine is so sensitive, it will start to just really feel maddening. It's like I just want to, I don't know, run away. And so I, I need, I crave silence on a level that's almost more so than, I guess, the silence that we have in the woods as it is. Yeah. So when, when I first purchased them, yeah, like I said, I felt relief. And then I also felt a little bit of that, that shame pop up. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it just really fascinates me whenever we make those initial decisions or just overcome some kind of hurdle to make a change and to make something real um because no matter how much talking we do or how much intellectualizing we do it doesn't actually matter if we don't make decisions based on it right if we're not practicing what we preach yeah and it opens up the door for so many other choices and changes that we're able to make in our lives and something as seemingly small as purchasing one little thing or changing or doing one small thing in your day that's going to bring about deeper levels of comfort and joy. It's, it's amazing the other doors that it opens. Right. Because when you're challenging that one belief about yourself, you know, I'm not worthy of X or why am I the weird one that, that craves deep silence? When you challenge that with, with one little small action item, your whole physiology changes. Because that story that has had such a stranglehold on your system and that you have been operating out of for so long in an instant is challenged and dies. And so the the cascade of changes that take place in your physiology, in your physical body, and then in your subtle energies, because you are now operating from a new paradigm that says, oh, actually, I am worthy of this. So then your whole system's like, sweet. So what else can we do? What else are we missing out on? And, you know, I've had these just since my pink headphones have become the star of today's right. today's episode. I've had these for several years now. And, yeah, it was it was a pretty, pretty cool turning point for my own process of, like, deep self-acceptance and sensitivity pride. Sensitive pride, y'all. It's interesting to think about taking away the stigma around what types of media you consume. Like heartburn, for example, isn't really that stigmatized. You know, I can say, uh, oh no, I'll, I'll pass on this or I don't need any of that because I'll get heartburn. Um, and that's fine. But if you choose not to go see a movie or if you choose not to consume a certain type of media, then suddenly it's, it's like being the black sheep you know um and we have all these like trendy diets out there and it's totally mainstream in our society to have these insane and arbitrary standards for what we consume physically but we can't have even reasonable standards for what we consume energetically totally very well said because everything that we consume impacts us and leaves an imprint and some kind of residue it all must be digested and it's all either nourishing or toxic or just kind of like non-acting just kind of filler but it all plays a role in the creation or destruction of our health and all that we consume through the senses plays a part in dictating the subtle building blocks of our gross tangible experience so it's very important to pay attention to and mind what is coming through the senses So what are the challenges and gifts of sensitivity? I think we're all pretty familiar with the challenges, right? And in those challenges are the gifts. Combine having this incredibly porous system 
with living in a culture that shames sensitivity, this population is more prone to challenges. So the physical health challenges I mentioned, anxiety, settling for mediocrity, staying small and quiet, not living one's dreams and potential, and more can plague the sensitive. Additionally, addictions to substances or activities that are really a way of self-soothing and grounding. I really want to reiterate that point. I know I mentioned that already, but I invite you to look at the ways that you might be kind of self-medicating and numbing these different parts of you as a way of like grounding and coping and just kind of bring some awareness to that. All of this doesn't have to be your fate, right? So it's like, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm just screwed and doomed to a life of sitting in a corner wearing pink headphones. Like it's, that's no. You are the way you are for a very special, specific person. You are the way you are for a very special, specific reason. And it's time to rise. Every single trait about you is a gift. And rather than falling into the shame and resentment trap and trying to fix yourself or get the sensitivity out, I invite you to work with these qualities as gifts. Yeah, speaking of sensitivities as gifts, I it just blows me away how we see sensitivity as such a strength in animals, for example. Like, the dog has a sensitive nose, and we value a dog's sense of smell. And birds have sensitive eyes, so we value a hawk's sense of sight. But as humans, we don't have eyes like hawks or noses like bloodhounds. Our evolutionary gift is our brain that processes our thoughts and our emotions, so why don't we prize a sensitive mind? Like, in no other species is the ability to sense things considered a handicap, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it's because we humans have this inflated sense of dominion and superiority, and therefore a set of standards against which to measure ourselves. And so animals are lower, right? And yes, I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) So animals are lower. Therefore, it's cute and endearing for them to have these traits, but not us, because we need to be these superior, very hyperactive, linear, in-control beings, right? It's a bunch of bullshit. So just a few last little bits here to wrap this up. I'd love to share some ways to strengthen these precious attributes. And really that begins with establishing a daily set of non-negotiable habits and practices to nourish and strengthen your sensitivity and love on your nervous system. Like 1000% needs to be a priority in your in your day. And this will look different for each person. And for each person, this will look different seasonally and with each phase of our lives and maybe even on a daily basis but just having that that awareness and that knowing that this is what I need every day I need something to nourish my physical body my emotional body my my mental body and my spiritual body and as a sensitive person who is here for a purpose and who's coming into right relationship with my sensitivity and wanting to really own the gifts of my sensitivity and like show up for myself, yes, so I can have a deeper experience of myself and my life and for the collective to share these gifts and service. I need a daily non-negotiable practice, period. Some things to consider on your journey, some ways to deepen into your sensitivity would be to engage in things like shadow work. And I've talked a lot about this. Go check out episode 21 and also my blog for more on shadow work. We resist parts of ourselves, like our sensitivity, because of deep programming or childhood or ancestral traumas and so on. And so addressing these layers and peeling away untruths is the way towards embodying sensitivity with reverence and purpose. 
Additionally, nature and seasonal living need to be cornerstone for the sensitive, especially women. We are so more naturally in tune with nature and with cosmic and seasonal flow and the great cosmic womb and all of these different pulsations and spirals of of time and the cycles. They live through us. And so being deeply connected to them, spending time in nature, uh, using her medicines through a variety of ways, plugging into the different invitations and subtle energies of each season, really paramount to this, this journey as a sensitive soul. And again, I have so many resources on the blog and, and in this podcast on, on those topics embodiment and that was episode 13 and also on the blog many sensitives are disconnected from their bodies we tend to be a little bit more etherical and in the liminal spaces and while we're here on earth these wise ancient vessels act as translators for us if we're not fully in our bodies and allowing them to guide us with sensations we can't fully create and thrive it's not gonna happen develop your own intuitive energy healing practices and strengthen your boundaries so energy healing intuitive energy healing these things can be in your toolbox episode 25 has more on that And again, last but certainly not least, and definitely not uh, the end, there are so many more resources for the sensitive. I'd really love to, again, plug my, my Thrive series. This virtual monthly gathering was created just for the sensitive, intuitive, empath woman who is ready to embody her magic and thrive. And so every month we have fresh themes and lessons and practices to equip you with, with the resources I've mentioned and so much more. And it's very experiential and the past uh, series, the past sessions are available for purchase now if you've missed some and get yourself involved in that so that's all the time for today my loves if this topic has piqued your interest i again invite you to purchase the replay of march's thrive class and please do come share with me how these ways to kind of tell if you're sensitive resonated with you i'm really really interested in hearing some of your own personal experiences the sensitive soul just fascinates me and I am so interested in hearing how these things show up in your life and if you have some to add to the list that would be beautiful as well so come continue the conversation with me you can reach out to me via email you can send me a message you can send me a telegram you can come join my Facebook group transmuting to nourish awaken and thrive the link is also on my homepage at innerspark.life and if you're seeking guidance on your path and are ready to finally trust your body live in connection with the natural ways, work with your subtle energies, and transmute pain into purpose, I invite you to check out innerspark.life alchemy to learn more about my wonderful mentorship program. If you loved the show, be sure to subscribe to it. Please leave us a review and share the love with a friend. Catch us next time. So much love to you until then.